Back to throw. In trouble. He's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs. Gets away again. Goes to the 40. Gets away again. To the 35. Cuts back at the 30. To the 20. The 15. The 10. He dies. Touchdown 49ers. 49ers Web Zone. No Huddle Podcast. I'm Al. He's Brian. We're back and we're ready to put week one in the back burner, in the rearview mirror. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to hear about it anymore. It's <laughs> out of my brain. Week ones are generally fluky. That's the way I'm I'm going to look at it. And Brian, we are on to Seattle. On to Seattle, right? And like you said, week one is behind us. I, I think we'll probably hit a couple things just because you got to talk about what happened in week one for both teams as we as we look towards Sunday and this week two matchup against the hated Seattle Seahawks. But yeah, I agree with you. You know, you've, you've got to move on. Um, you know, I went back and, and watched that game again and came away a little bit more encouraged than I was on Sunday, which I thought was a good thing. Uh, you know, again, not trying to, not trying to, to watch that game with uh, Trey Lance colored glasses or rose colored glasses or scarlet and gold colored glasses. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, objectively looking at where, where did this team falter? And, you know, honestly, as we said on Sunday, it it really was a a situation where the team beat themselves. And so I'm looking forward to a situation where hopefully uh, the forecast does call for showers in Santa Clara. Uh, I'm hoping those are morning showers, right? Because I just I just want to see Trey Lance in a just a standard good weather game, right? Like, I don't want. I don't want it to be, you know, he's starting because the, you know, because the the starting quarterback was injured. Those were his two starts last year, and now his first start this year in a monsoon. Like, I just want, I just want the guy to to have a sunny day where everyone expected him to start, and yeah. he gets to play, you know, in 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 better condition. So that's my hope for this for this week at least. Yeah, I want to see him respond to a little adversity here. Cause there's been some adversity and it, I don't think it's going to be a driving rain. It sounds like it's just going to be light rain. So I want to see how he bounces back here. And part of the reason I say that it's not only the game that I'm not ever going to think about again, but it's, it's what's happened as we move on to week two, Brian, in terms of the slander right now. And look, I don't know what Trey Lance is going to be. I have no idea. I saw some good things. I saw some bad things, but at the end of the day, it's the third start for a guy who has 317 college temps. There's going to be good and bad. It just is what it is. I don't know if he's going to be a good quarterback. I hope he is. But some of the things coming out of this, it's been a rough recording this on a Thursday. It's been just waves since that happened. And did you see what Mike Martz said? All right. Mike- yeah, he, he essentially said, I've never seen anything that would encourage me about Trey Lance is the, yeah. is the of what he said. Yeah. So Mike, I have the quote here and Mike Martz crawled out of his hole, whatever hole he's in. Cause right. you know, to, I don't know, somebody interviewed him somewhere and he said, I've never seen anything about this kid that was encouraging at all. He really has to plant himself to make a good throw. He's not a quick decision guy. Everything about him being a mobile guy and making plays with his feet, he looked like a fullback stumbling around trying to run the ball to me. He's not Lamar, talking about Lamar Jackson. I don't know who he is. He's not particularly good at running with the football. Based on what I saw today, he missed two guys completely by themselves. I know it was in the rain, but quarterbacks do that. You make those throws. Well, they don't always do it in the rain, Mike. But no. I know this. He can only go up, but he can only get better because you can't get any worse than what he did on Sunday. I never liked him. I still don't like him. I like to know what he does so well because he's not a great passer, doesn't have great skills, takes him a long time to set himself and throw the football. 
misses easy throws, and he's not a particularly good runner. Other than that, he's a hell of a player. Now, I don't know what Trey Lance did to Mike Martz, but a lot of that stuff is completely just it, – it's yeah. dumb. To me. It really is. And maybe Martz is, is upset. Maybe he's a little angry at his time with the 49ers because obviously this guy thinks he knows quarterbacks. He handpicked JT O'Sullivan, no offense, JT, um, for the 49ers who went 2-6 and six with 11 interceptions in eight games before he pulled him. And if you remember back to that season, Mike Singletary had taken over from Mike Nolan. It was the end of a half, and they were losing, and the offense was doing terrible, and, and they brought Sean Hill in. In Singletary, it was almost symbolic. He had Hill, Hill turn around and just hand the ball off to end the half. Like, kind of yeah. like, you know, now we're, now we're playing my way, which is why it wasn't great. Right. But, you know, for Marks to say those things, and, and then we've seen Sean Payton say he thinks Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starter. Chris Sims says, you know, there's a better quarterback on the sideline. All this slander coming at Lance. And again, will, will he be a bust? Maybe. I don't know. Will he be an MVP? Maybe. I don't know. But nobody knows right now. And for these things to come out, it, it it, it sucks for the kid. It really does. You know, he's, he's got a lot of growing up to do on the field and he's, he's going to have good games. He's going to have bad games. And to have these people coming at him like this, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And, and you have guys, yeah. Trevor Lawrence looks terrible, you know, like, so I don't know, Brian, I'm listening to this stuff and the slander right now to me is just, it's too much. Well, and, and Martz, let's, let's, let's be fair. Martz also took that opportunity to shit all over Justin Fields as well. So it was, it was a sense. Now, again, I don't know a lot about Mike Martz. Uh, there, there's one thing that those two quarterbacks have in common, and he hasn't talked bad about any other quarterback that came out in that class. And the other quarterbacks that came out in that class also have something in common that they don't have in common with Trey Lance and Justin Fields. You guys connect the dots if that's what you want to do. I'm just saying he took that opportunity to really dump on these two quarterbacks in this game. Um, I don't disagree with some of what he said. Trey Lance is not Lamar Jackson, and he never will be, right? He's No one is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is an athletic freak. Lamar Jackson is really, really fast. Trey Lance isn't even Justin Fields when he's running the ball, with the ball, right? Justin Fields is faster than Trey Lance. Trey Lance isn't a track star, but he is a good runner. He can run with the ball in his hands. He can... It, at, at North Dakota State, he ran dudes over. He's not going to be able to do that in the NFL, which is why we want him to learn to slide. And maybe maybe in figuring out, hey, I can't do the same kind of things that I did at North Dakota State will help him develop some some different skills when running the ball. But he's not awful running the ball, like, like Martz wants to say. Um, you know, it, it, the guy picked up a third and 13 on a quarterback draw. Like, there aren't mm-hmm. many quarterbacks in the NFL that are going to. Right. Uh, and so that in and of itself just kind of disproves what Mart said. But I would also like to point out that Mike Martz made all these comments from his home where he is right. not with an NFL franchise. Right. Yeah. So, hey, as much as as much as Mike Martz made his name in the NFL decades ago. You just said it. He crawled out of his hole. Right. To make these comments. Mm-hmm. I don't know who sought out Mike Martz, but. I don't know that that it was needed, right? And so I, it it is what it is. But what's frustrating, and you pointed it out, Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be the most pro-ready quarterback prospect to come out of the out of college football since Andrew Luck, and he's kind of been a zero so far, right? Mm-hmm. Now, granted, he's on a Jaguars team that last year had. 
not a real head coach, right? And now he now he has one. But even even this past Sunday, he wasn't bad, but he wasn't great. And and I think he'll get better under Doug Peterson because he just like Trey Lance really only has up, right? That's that's his, that's the only direction he can go. Can't really get much worse. So it just it just genuinely feels like there are people out there who just have a narrative that they are trying to push and will do whatever it takes and will say whatever they want in order to be able to fit that narrative. We are talking about a 22-year-old kid who prior to this past Sunday had two NFL starts under his belt. I'm not sure what expectations people had, but to look at the game that he had in a monsoon and think that that is gives you any indication of of where he can go or where he even is currently that again is watching that game with your narrative in mind and just looking to confirm your priors because when you look at that game up until that fourth quarter when the monsoon hit and then they got behind and they had to throw to catch up he didn't have a bad game Mm -mm. he wasn't having a bad game at all he was having a decent game in the rain you know, he was he was converting third downs, right? They converted on higher than 50% of their third downs, which is a great number and a very encouraging number. And, you know, he wasn't making mistakes. He wasn't the one that put the ball on the ground in the red zone. That was Debo Samuel, right? So there were things in that game for you to look at and go, that's encouraging, that, that throw to Ray Ray McLeod. Mm-hmm. There were also things in that game where you're like, that's, that's, that's a guy making his third start. That makes sense right? That interception that he had, which isn't as egregious as, as initially thought. If you look back at it, you know, he didn't hold that safety as long as he thought that he did. And he pulled the trigger a little bit too late on that, on that throw. Those are things that are going to get cleaned up as he continues to get reps. But I, I am here to tell you, 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 you went with Jimmy Garoppolo for five years. You didn't win a Super Bowl with him. You, you lost a Super Bowl with him, and you lost an NFC Championship game with him. This narrative that if, if, if they want to take advantage of their Super Bowl window now, then you need to put Jimmy Garoppolo in, that doesn't hold water with me. You had a Super Bowl window with Jimmy Garoppolo. He couldn't get it done. Why are we, why are we even talking about him? We're talking well, about him because they invited it by keeping him on the squad, right, which is right. the most frustrating part. And that's the thing. And Tim Kawakami tweeted today, and I know he's blocked probably half of the 49ers fans. Well, I'll read it to the people who probably haven't seen it. Um, said, I don't think Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are enjoying the conversation about their QB situation. I don't think they're enjoying it at all. Yes, they set up the situation. No, they probably didn't think it'd go to extremes this quickly. So now they have to deal with it. If they didn't think it was going to go to extremes this quickly, they're the two most tone deaf people in America. And I don't believe that for a second. I think they just didn't give a shit, to be honest with you. I said they think. Right. You know, Kyle, Jimmy's our best option is a backup. There's no interest in him out there. We're going to bring him back. That's what I think. I don't think they cared about what else was going to happen. But by doing that, they did invite this. So now you have these people who it looks like, and I don't know whether it's to drive. I don't want to say to drive clicks because it's not really a click thing anymore, just to drive content. But it's yeah. like they're waiting for Trey Lance to fail. People want this because it's boring if not, right? Yeah. If Lance steps up and he, oh, he had a pretty, you know, he, had a pretty, he wasn't Patrick Mahomes, but he had a pretty good game. You know, if that happens, well, then it's boring. Well, then you have nothing to talk about. But no, he, 
he, there was enough there to sort of nitpick and tear apart. And now it's, well, Jimmy's on the sidelines and there's this issue, issue and that issue. And if they don't beat the Seahawks this weekend, Brian, holy shit. Like it's going to yeah. be, it's going to be just, again, it's going to be a circus. And, and I guess the th- thing that gets to me, it's like, there's always going to be issues. There's always going to be, you know, it's, it's a media driven world and sports media and the Niners, especially the QB position, the Niners are always going to be a hot button topic. Always. They're one of the glory franchises, like the Cowboys, same difference, but they've invited this and it's not going away. It's not unless Lance is five and two and the team's doing really well. It's, it's not going away. So by bringing Jimmy back, this Trey Lance slander was going to be there. It's, it's, it's magnified. They've just magnified it all. And I, I hope that it's not a big deal, but any loss you get, aren't we seeing it now? I mean, we're seeing it, right? Yeah. And I, Kyle Shanahan has said as much all the time. They don't care about anything that happens outside of the building. And I get that. And I respect that. Right. And I, I genuinely believe that. I genuinely believe that Kyle Shanahan doesn't care at all what the media says about his team, mm-hmm. what fans say about the team, what anybody says about the team. He only cares about what happens in that building. I get it. I respect that. As a fan, as somebody who not only follows this team, but now covers it, you know, tries to do my best to analyze, right? It's so irritating. It's so irritating because it was so predictable. This mm-hmm. was so predictable. It's maddeningly predictable, right? That by keeping Jimmy Garoppolo on this roster, this will be the conversation for the season if, until, or unless either A, Lance goes down with injury and, and Garoppolo comes in, B, Garoppolo gets traded, or C, Garoppolo takes over for Lance because the team is underperforming. Those right. are really the only three outcomes that make this narrative go away. And then, if any of those things happen, what next? What if they go to Garoppolo because the team is underperforming? What next? Garoppolo is not under contract next year. Are you going to re-sign Jimmy Garoppolo after investing what you did in Trey Lance? And Kyle Shanahan is... I, I don't think Kyle Shanahan is a dumb human being. I think Kyle Shanahan is a really smart human being. I think his... EQ, right? His emotional quotient, his ability to read a room, his ability to recognize when a situation might be a little uh, precarious. I'm not sure that that is super high, but it's got to be high enough to be able to lead a group of of grown men, right? Yeah, I just think he's stubborn. I just think he's a stubborn dude. Right. But to me, that stubbornness should portend good things for Trey Lance because he's going to be stubborn enough to stick with him just like he was stubborn enough last year to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. If you were that stubborn to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo when you guys were three and five, then why, why is this even a conversation when you're oh and one? It's been one week and we're having these conversations. Mm-hmm. It's just, and, and again, it was predictable. And that's what's frustrating to me. Do yeah. I think that Kyle Shanahan is going to switch quarterbacks? I don't. but. I'm already tired of people talking about it. And I think too, there's, there's just a certain percentage of, of fans or whatever that just say, oh, you're not in the locker room. They're going to be fine. It's not going to be a distraction. 
it was a distraction last year when there were two QBs. It's a distraction again this year. And, and I hope, again, I hope in two weeks they have two wins and we're not talking about it. I really do. But any loss they have, you're seeing what happens. You were seeing what happens. And now, and look, I want to preface this by saying this. This video has come out with Lance. He's at a strip club, I guess. Somebody filmed him. I don't know. Or a house party with strippers. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It was from the, maybe from the off season. I don't know when it was from. I also yeah. couldn't care less. I don't care. He's 22 years old. Whatever. Go do what you're going to do. He's not hurting anybody. You know what I mean? Whatever. Right. But now, is this going to turn into another thing? I hope not. Again, I hope it's a funny thing. Everybody has a laugh, like the Jimmy porn star situation, and right. then it goes away. I hope. But are they going to use this against more more ammo against him? Are people going to say he's immature? You know, which is real. Well, people- I'm not saying yeah. I could not care less. I don't think I, yeah. I didn't even want to talk about it because I think it's a non-issue. Yeah. But considering the slander that's happening, is there going to be more? I, you know, I don't know. I hope not. But it's just you know, it's it's really disappointing. He's he's a young, talented quarterback. And you would hope that he's going to be a star in this league. And I, and, I, and I hope he gets pushed that way. And I hope the things that don't happen now are going to be detrimental to him. He seems mature enough where it won't be. But, you know, you never know, man, if things snowball. You know, we've seen, again, the NFL is littered with the bones of promising QBs, right? Mm-hmm. So sure. it, it, it's a little bit it's of a hard. scary situation. It's hard to hit on a QB. And mm-hmm. the, other thing, the other thing about that video, right, that video essentially came out today. Timing seems weird. Right. The timing seems True. calculated. It seems calculated, right? Now, I don't know by who, and I, I couldn't even begin to 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 guess, but it sure seems like it's it's just piling on at this point. And it's like this twenty two year old kid, he didn't trade three first round picks to draft himself. He didn't choose the 49ers, right? All of these things happened to him. And now he, for whatever reason, is this overly scrutinized 22-year-old kid who's trying to do his best and everyone is just preying upon his failure. And I don't understand. I don't understand 49er fans who are doing that. Mm -hmm. Like, you make no sense to me, right? And there's a difference between hoping that Hoping that Trey Lance fails because that fulfills or that that makes your Jimmy Garoppolo, we should have kept Jimmy Garoppolo take seem look better, right? Versus recognizing last year, hey, you know what? I I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is the answer at quarterback. And I would love, since they moved up and took this kid, I would love to see this kid get some snaps, right? Because Jimmy's not it. They told us that. They told us that by drafting this kid, that mm-hmm. they don't think Jimmy's it either. So there's a difference between saying, look, I think Trey Lance should get some snaps because Jimmy Garoppolo isn't it, versus I hope Trey Lance fails because I kept saying they shouldn't move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. And so if he fails, then then I get, you know, I get my flowers because I I said that they should have stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo. If you are hoping for Trey Lance to fail, you are not a 49er fan. You are a fan of your own opinion. And please find a different team to root for. And, and I think it has turned into a lot of Jimmy versus Trey. And last year, too, it, it was never for me, and I've said this on the show a million times, so I'm repeating myself, but it was never for me being against Garoppolo. It was that the 49ers told me all I needed to know. The 49ers told me that offseason that he wasn't the answer and they were moving on. So that was my thing. And the people who stubbornly were like, no, he's not. He's going to be the quarter. This and the other thing. 
are you kidding me? They tried to move on from him all off season and they traded their biggest trade ever to do that. Now they took someone who's going to take a while to get ready. And then again, you bring this distraction back and it still turns in. There's still people who want, you know, the Jimmy versus Trey thing. And it's just, it's absolutely crazy. Like you said, it, it is more about the team, but it's turned into, it does almost seem, it's not everybody, but there's a percentage that almost seems like, yeah, they're rooting for one or the other to fail. Right. Listen, if, if Garoppolo goes back in this year and they're successful, great. And then they go back to train next year. I mean, I, I, I guess that's fine if the end, if the end result is good, but I, I don't know. I, I, in an ideal, in an ideal world, Trey succeeds and they start to put together, like I keep talking about playoff seasons year after year, after year, after year. Cause right now it's, I still think they could do it. It's like, they're very talented, but they've just invited this drama that anybody who says, you know what you're talking about, it's not going away. It'll go away. It's not. And you're seeing it this week. It's been nothing every day. Open the sports. You know, I'm obviously I'm always looking at football news and stuff. It's everywhere. The slander yeah. for him is everywhere. And the whispers of Jimmy are everywhere. And it's, it's, it's been three and a half days since the game, you know, he's now all of a sudden there's pressure. You got to win a couple games. Cause even if they're one and two after Denver, again, it's still going to be there. It's not going to go away unless he puts up 45 on Denver, you know, and it's the defense or something, but it's not going away, man. And it's, yeah. as we move forward, I just, I hope they can get a couple wins and it just dissipates and we can start talking about the team again. Yeah. I mean, that's that I would, I would love that. You know, I would love for the narrative to be about the team and, and their success. Right. And that Trey is a part of it. Trey is not going to be the reason that the 49ers succeed this season. Trey will be part of it, but he is not going to be the reason, right? He's not there yet in his development. And that's where the rest of the team has to step up. Right. And they didn't do that in Chicago. Now the hope is that we do that this week as we face Seattle. But before we get to preview our week two matchup against the Seahawks, I would like to let you know that support for the No Huddle podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free shipping worldwide with our exclusive code, NOHUDDLE, at checkout. That is NOHUDDLE at manscaped.com. The Performance Package 4.0 comes with the... Lawnmower 4.0. That's the trimmer for your downstairs. But also comes with a weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer. And let me tell you what, I have used both since getting them from Manscaped. I've used the lawnmower. I talked about it last time. I used it on my back. It felt so much better than uh than what I used to use, which was my beard and mustache trimmer, right? It was more gentle, it felt better on my skin. I didn't feel like I got, no pun intended, run over by a lawnmower, right? That's the name of the item. But I loved it, right? And then that ear and nose hair trimmer, uh, Eric Crocker, right, of the uh, Lockdown 49ers tweeted out a couple days ago that he saw someone pull a nose hair out and it made his own eyes water. And I quote tweeted that and I said, it sounds like they need 
the weed whacker from at manscaped manscaped actually liked my tweet i appreciated that <laughs> uh, but i but but i will say I used to be that guy that Eric Crocker saw, right? Like I'd be like, oh man. And then I'd pull that and then my eyes would water. I'm like, why did I do that? But now I don't have to, I've got the weed whacker from Manscaped. So again, use our exclusive promo code, no huddle at checkout at manscaped.com and receive 20% off and free shipping worldwide. That's good. And they also sent us this travel bag that you could put everything in there. So it's really, really Absolutely. good. Um, and it's they, nice. It's a nice bag. Yes, they also sent us the crop preserver, the ball deodorant. That, that is ball deodorant, that, yes. right? Let's <laughs> crop reviver, the ball toner. So it's, that's it's right. Good. Check that out. Check that out. Promo code no huddle. All right, right, Brian. So moving to this week, gigantic game against a team that they are three and thirteen against the Seahawks in the last sixteen games, including the playoffs. Three and thirteen. Now, all those games were started by Russell Wilson. He started every one of those games, but this is a really interesting stretch for the 49ers where they play their nemesis, the Seahawks, and then they play Russell Wilson the following week. It's going to be a yeah. really, really interesting stretch. And, you know, I was watching the Seahawks game the other night and they won, not taking anything away from them. And I think the thought on them this year, I think it still is, is that they're not going to be very good. And if you watch that game the other night, you know, there's, there's a lot going into that game. You have the emotion of Russell Wilson playing against you, right? That's that's the first thing. So the team is obviously very emotional. That might have been their Super Bowl, really, you know, when you think about it. Um, you got Russell going back in there. The team was was obviously really pumped up. And they got lucky. They won the game. But when you really look at that game, Denver, Denver fumbles twice at the goal line. And when you look at the numbers there, Denver gained 433 yards. Seahawks yep. 253. Yep. Okay. Wilson threw for 330. Um, they were running the ball really, really well. And again, if you if you it was a lot like the Niners game, right? They should have won that game by two or three scores, and they they just did it. And again, whatever it's yeah. fluky that sort of thing. But I don't think they 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 had a good first half, and then the second half, you know, Geno Smith turned back into Geno Smith, and and mm-hmm. really Denver let that game get away. And you know, obviously the end of the game. Do you watch the Manning cast at all? On Monday Night I, well, I. I don't watch it, but I did see that clip of uh, Peyton the Manning there where Peyton Manning is basically time. like, time out, time out, time out. And they're like, yeah, what, are you what, are we, doing? what are we doing? Nathaniel? Yeah, I, said, yeah. I don't think there's been one, there might've been one field duel. I don't even know if there has been, they tried to switch 64 yarder, which there's either been one or none in NFL history. It's, it's, you're not making So it. Justin Tucker hit that game winning. I want to say it was actually 65 yarder last season. That was indoors. That, yep, that was indoors against okay. the Lions. It was in Detroit, and and he did hit that to to set the record. But yeah, uh, and and not only that, but Brandon McManus, the kicker for the Broncos, uh, has not made a sixty-plus yard field goal. He's attempted five. One of them was seventy yards. By the way, I saw that and I was like, what? What? Yeah, well, that I'm must have been up in Denver. But never, never made one. Right. So again, what? You just paid, you just gave Russell Wilson $165 million guaranteed on a contract that takes him to his age 40 season mm-hmm. and could be upwards of 200 and was it 65 million, something along those lines. And you're not going to trust him to get five yards. You're going to get, you're going to send your kicker out to try and kick a 64 yard field goal. And not like that, but again, there was a, over a minute left. 
right before they even decided to kick that field goal mm -hmm. you couldn't have called a timeout and talked it over and tried to figure out hey what is our game plan here so i didn't think anybody there was no first year head coach but also just no head coach in general that had a worse week one than nathaniel hackett that was that was brutal yeah yeah and and kind of handed them the game there in a lot of different ways denver did but listen seattle's been the niners nemesis for for a while and this is not going to be an easy game. You know, even last year when they weren't really good, they just lost both games, you know. Yeah. Um, they had some memorable moments against, against them. And I think one of Jimmy Garoppolo's best moments it was that Week 17 game. He was, he was Greenlaw's best, best games, yeah. It was Greenlaw's moment, but Jim, Jimmy was terrific yeah. in that game. I think he was, he was. 21 or something like that. He, he was really, really good. And going up to Seattle, that's that's not easy. He deserves, deserves a lot of credit. And a must win, yeah. Yeah, and... um. You know, but it's it's not going to be an easy game for them, but it but but it's a huge game for sure. And we'll see. I, I don't think there's not much that scares me on Seattle. You know, DK Metcalf, I think he had seven catches for 36 yards. So, you know, he didn't have anything explosive. Smith had the long pass to Will Disley, Disley, whatever his last name is. And um they had some plays there. Colby Parkinson. Both tight ends. Oh, okay. Parkinson too, yep. And um yeah. Was Rashad Penny, I thought, ran pretty well. And we'll see if they get Kenneth Walker back this week. But there's just not a lot on that team again. And I mean, the Bears didn't have a lot either. But um, that really scares me. But the Niners, Brian, they have to, have to, have to have this game. I don't care that they have fits with Seattle. Russell Wilson is gone. This is a gigantic week two game for them. It's probably as big as it gets for a week two game. Yeah, you know, and and like you said, the the Denver-Seattle game, to me, was eerily similar to the San Francisco-Chicago game. It was two teams in the 49ers and the Broncos who were heavily favored and going into hostile territory, right? Denver was going into Seattle. San Francisco was going into Chicago. Chicago had the elements. Seattle game did not. But in both games, the team that was favored lost, but in reality, they beat themselves. And it's very, very similar. Like you said, you know, the Broncos had 433 total yards of offense mm -hmm. and Russell Wilson had 330 yards passing. They had two fumbles at the goal line and, and let's the goal line play calling by Nathaniel Hackett. Atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. Why are we running out of shotgun multiple times on the goal line? Just made no sense, yes. right? Just made no sense. So the play calling was awful. The execution was awful. They had just like the just like the 49ers, the uh, Broncos had 12 penalties for 106 yards. 49ers had 99 yards in penalty. Um, the the Seahawks had five for 77, but Geno Smith had 177 yards passing. They had 76 yards rushing. They had. 19 first downs and they were six of 11 on third down decent numbers but nothing to make you go like oh man that's that's something to be afraid of right so the the seahawks offense does not at all scare me geno smith rashad penny you know dk metcalf tyler lockett they don't scare me they don't and 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 i don't think they should scare anybody like to be perfectly honest and then you go to the other side of the ball and you go, they gave up 433 yards to, to the, to the Broncos, like the defense, which is what Pete Carroll hangs his hat on 
also wasn't very good. They were opportunistic, right? They got those two mm -hmm. turnovers in the red zone. Those are fluky. That's not going to happen every week. And then the other thing that I think is interesting, and I don't think a lot of people have talked about it, the 49ers are 3-13 and 13 against, the, against the Seahawks in Kyle Shanahan's tenure, right? All of those games were played against the defense that ran a 4-3 base with a cover three cover show, right? That's what they did. They have transitioned their defense to a 3-4 base, and they haven't abandoned the cover three, but they have changed up some of their concepts. And they did that largely because they felt like it was better for their superstar strong safety, Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams tore his quadriceps tendon and is out for the season now. Yep. All of a sudden, you've got this defense that no longer has its best player and is transitioning to a, a system that, that they aren't necessarily used to. I have to think that what they know about how to stop Kyle Shanahan's offense. Kyle Shanahan brought on Robert Sala and, and said, I want to use this cover three, four, three Seattle defense because it's the hardest one for me to go against." They're not doing that. I have to think that Kyle Shanahan is a little bit excited to go against this defense, which doesn't have a whole lot. It, it's got a decent pass rush, but, but not really, right? Like, it's not a, a pass rush that could stack up to the likes of what the 49ers have. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. It's, I, I honestly, I don't know what to expect. I really, really don't. And then to add to that, Elijah Mitchell out for a couple months, right? Which means that now you've got Jeff Wilson Jr. starting. I don't have a whole lot of confidence in that just based on what I saw from him in Chicago. Now, maybe as part of the game plan, things can change. But Hopefully I don't know. Yeah, and I don't – you say everything in my heart of hearts, okay, tells me Jordan Mason is going to make an impact at some point this season. Everything since the preseason, I don't – I just – I even tweeted it out, like, I don't know, three weeks ago. I feel like Jordan Mason is going to lead the team in rushing. I made that prediction on a Denim Dungeon episode, yeah. Okay. I, I predicted right. – yeah. I, I kind of feel like you – know, I'm a big Jeff Wilson guy. I like Jeff Wilson. One of, he was one of my favorite interviews ever. Like, I, I love – I love, like the guy. He's great. I think he's a good mixing, you know, mixing guy. And he's had some good games when he's carried the load. Sure. I think he's going to get a share of carries, but I got a feeling, I don't know, man, I think Mason's going to have one. I don't think he's going to get 20 carries Mason, but he could get, maybe he gets nine. It's like 50 yards, maybe a touchdown. And we're starting to talk about him. Just have a feeling. I don't know. I just got yeah. a feel. The, the one thing, the one, the one thing that I worry about with Mason and with TDP, Kyle Shannon has essentially said like, there's a lot that they've got to get better at without the ball in their hand. Right. Basically, to me, what that means is Black. these guys have got to get better at pass protection. Mm -hmm. And I can't have them on the field if they're not, which is why TDP wasn't even active. Right. Your third round running back yeah. was not active in week one. In he will be active team. this week. Yeah. He will be active this week. Mason, yeah. yeah. And, but that's the thing is like, is so you didn't activate Ty Davis Price. You activated Jordan Mason because Jordan Mason is the up back on uh, like punts and and like 
is that really that important? Like TDP couldn't do that. I, I don't mm -hmm. know. That's where it's like, eh, I, you know, I, and I genuinely think that for whatever reason, Kyle Shanahan drafted this guy and I was like, mm, actually, he's not that good. I don't know. <laughs> sounds Maybe familiar. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like familiar, right? Before. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It, where have we heard that before? Right? <laughs> but, I, I, but that's the thing is, is you're right. TDP and Mason have to be involved because mm -hmm. it's just the three of them right now. They signed Marlon Mack this week to the practice squad. And I have to think that either next week or the week after Marlon Mack will be up with the team. I would assume uh, he adds a little bit of that, more of that speed element. But the other thing, and here's, here's, here's where I feel like this Mitchell injury hurts the pass game just as much as it hurts the run game. And the reason being is because we already know if Mitchell's not in, who does Kyle Shanahan trust most to run that outside zone? Debo Samuel. Mm -hmm. If Debo Samuel is in the backfield, what does that mean? It means he's not out running routes, right? And so it really hampers the offense and the, the pass offense because all of a sudden, arguably, your best wide receiver isn't out running routes because your running back got injured and, and now he's in the backfield. Is he valuable in the backfield? 100%. But is he more valuable in the backfield than he is out running routes? I don't know that that's the case. And so what I'm looking for this week in the offense is another player who didn't suit up on last Sunday, but I have to think is going to suit up this Sunday, and that's Danny Gray. Yep. Uh, the rookie out of SMU, he's got to be up this game because if Debo is, is getting – eight to 10 carries, Danny Gray has got to be the other guy out there stretching the field, right? Because Brandon Ayuk is likely going to get some form of double coverage. But if Danny Gray is out there and, and all of a sudden Ayuk's double covered and Gray's gone and, and Trey can hit him for a deep touchdown, now, now you got him on their heels, right? And that's what I think Gray can offer versus a Jawan Jennings who will like will be up for sure he'll dress but I don't think he offers the same right and imagine imagine the route that Jawan Jennings ran Sunday on on Trey's what was that a 44 yard pass mm -hmm. imagine if that was Danny Gray that's probably a touchdown right yeah. maybe not in the rain but in in regular elements that's probably a touchdown and that's what Danny Gray offers so my key for Sunday is Danny Gray. I think he is going to be the key for this offense to be able to do what it is that, that Kyle Shanahan wants to do. Yeah, and Kittle, Kittle hasn't practiced yet. Again, we're recording. He does not. Okay, so if he doesn't play again, anytime you take a player of his caliber out of receiving, out of blocking, out of everything it makes, it's it's huge, huge. Yep. So they need him back and need him back quickly. It, so my my sort of X factor on the offense is Brandon Ayu. We heard all offseason how well he was doing. We saw his rapport with Trey. Had a couple nice plays, two catches for 40 yards. But he was only targeted three times. Mm -hmm. I want to see the ball in his hands a lot. Mm -hmm. You got Debo and Ayuk feed these guys, both of them. You know, Juwan Jennings is a nice player. I don't want Juwan Jennings to get six targets. I want Ayuk to get those targets. I don't want him to double Ayuk's yeah. targets. <laughs> how, did Juwan Jennings, yeah. how does Juwan Jennings double Brandon Ayuk's targets? Yeah, that's, no that's not, to me, that's, that's not the game plan you want. You put the ball in Ayuk's hands. So he's the X factor for me on offense. I want to see them make him a focal point and have him go out there and do what, do what we know he can do. 
Um, now the other side of the ball, Brian, I think the defense has something to prove today or this weekend, I should say. Yeah, for sure. Because, yeah, it was good first half. In the second half, it was not. This is supposed to be a unit that's supposed to ascend this year after what we saw in the second half last year. Yep. I know they don't have Jimmy Ward, but we still wanted them to come out. And a game like that, as much I only, only scored 10 points, I know, but they need to come out and they do need to anchor this team right now, especially with this young quarterback. They can't have stupid penalties. They got to put pressure on Smith. They got to play good run defense. To me, this is a gigantic game. Again, this is, a, I don't care. Oh, well, it's only week two. If you go 0-2 and, and you're going into Denver and against the Rams, you want no part of that. This is a gigantic game. And to me, the defense has to step up. They have to play dominant. They have to anchor the team. And if you got to win a game in what, what might be wet conditions, 17 to 10, whatever, you got to do it. The defense has got to step up. And that's the other thing I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I was really encouraged up until obviously that ankle injury. I was really encouraged by Javon Kinlaw's play this past Sunday. Mm -hmm. He was a menace. He was an absolute menace until he tweaked that ankle. And you could see even after the game, you know, he's walking off the field shirtless, right? Raining in Chicago. I imagine it was not warm, right? I imagine it was a little chilly, rain, whatever. But he was limping a little bit. I noticed that as well. So hopefully that ankle is okay because he was destroying anyone in front of him. just absolutely like a man among boys i was you watch some of those uh, those plays and you're like man that i can dream on that right and now you get kinlaw and and armstead next to each other and then you've got bosa on one side you get drake jackson you get kamiko uh, torre who is now uh, up off the practice squad signed to the active roster jordan willis uh, on IR with the knee cleanup. So Ture is now uh, up, whether he sees you know the field or not, or whether he dresses on, on Sundays, I don't know. But you've got Ture, you've got Ebukam, you've got Jackson, uh, you've got Kerry Hyder, who I think is probably going to see more time inside now, along with Kinlaw and Armstead. This defensive line has to take the game over on Sunday. They are not going to win if the defensive line doesn't take over, because that is what they are built to do. You have sunk the majority of your resources on defense into that defensive line. They're the ones that are going to have to lead the defense to victory, especially when Seattle, even though they acquitted themselves relatively nicely on Monday, Seattle is starting two rookie tackles, Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas, right? Lucas comes from Washington State. Didn't know if he could run block or not, which is why I never thought that he'd be a, a target for the 49ers because they just don't run the ball at Washington State. And then Charles Cross, Mississippi State, their, their first round pick. I think they took him as a fifth overall, seventh overall, mm -hmm. somewhere around there. They've got to take advantage of those tackles. They have to. They have to. They didn't against Chicago. Chicago started a fifth round rookie at left tackle and they had some pressure on Justin Fields, but for the most part, you know, there wasn't as much as we thought that there should be. So for me, it's, it's that entire unit, that entire unit has got to take over the game. And if they do, I think they're going to win. Now, Al, the spread on this game is 10. Yeah. I'm a 49er fan. I bleed red and gold. If I was a betting man, I am hammering the Seahawks plus 10. There is yeah. no way, there is no way that they are beating this team by 10 points. 
I think they could beat them by a touchdown, right? This is a division game. This is a nemesis. They had their Super Bowl last week, but Pete Carroll loves to beat the 49ers, right? Mm -hmm. This don't do not be complacent as a fan with that 10 point spread. There's to me, there's no shot, right? I think they win this game, but I do not think that they win by 10 or more. What's your official prediction? What's your official score prediction? I, so I predicted 27-13 last week against Chicago. Got burned, obviously. But I think it's going to be similar. And so I'm going to go I'm going to go a little bit less. I'm going to go 24-13 San Francisco. That's exactly what I was going to say. It was exactly I was going to say 24 to Now, 13. I I said I said that they're not going to win by 10. But part of that is like I don't want to even I don't want to think I don't want to go into that game thinking they're going to win this game by, you know, by by uh, 11. Right. I don't know. But that's what it feels like to me based on roster talent and them coming off an emotional win. The 49ers coming off a disappointing loss like all of this comes together. I don't think that they can just absolutely light up the scoreboard against the Seahawks. So let me do this. Actually, I will. I will amend that, and I will say twenty to thirteen. That's my prediction. Twenty to thirteen. They win by a touchdown. All right. So I'll say twenty-three to thirteen, and I'll say it'll be like twenty go. to thirteen late in the fourth quarter, and then the Niners will get a late field goal and, and kind of pull away that way because it's not going to be easy, right? So no. we'll say that we're going to be one and one. If it does not happen that way, I'm going to have the big bottle of whiskey out again for our next show, so people can look. Forward. Yeah, the next show is going to be rough. Yeah, stressful, man. I'm already stressed. I'm already stressed out. So man. see what happens. Gotta love football, right? Oh, so glad it's back. So glad it's back. I'm gonna go hit <laughs> up this Chargers Chiefs game right now. I'm gonna watch some of that. So we will be back Sunday, Monday, one of the one of those nights. We'll be back recording. Um glad to have you with us for Brian. This is Al. Go Niners.